What up, everybody? I can't believe I made it all the way to episode 60. I can't believe this. Can I tell you guys something? So, I forgot when exactly I started watching it, but I know last weekend I was still kind of towards the beginning of the show, but I've officially watched all of Bleach, the anime. I'm waiting in October to finally watch the final arc, even though I could read about it, but I do want to watch it see the anime's interpretation of the events can't wait for that but bleach man i can't believe that anime has been around so long and i finally sat down to watch it that anime is really good but that's all i got for you guys remember follow me on instagram punch in the mouth official twitter official underscore pitm deuces guys have a great weekend enjoy the fights this weekend see you later bye what up everybody okay this one is going to be super short because honestly there's not a lot going on in mma like event wise so i'm gonna make this one super short to see what else i can figure out throughout the week and then if i find any new information about certain things i want to look into i will let you guys know but this one will probably be super short the main points we're gonna hit on are the fights last weekend since the UFC is really the only thing as far as major organizations go, the thing that's really going on, as we all know, Bellator will return in July. Then the big Amazon Prime 1FC partnership kicks off with um, Adriano Moises versus Demetrius Johnson. I think his last name is Moises. I could be wrong. Anyway, so that's where that stands right now. But so for this episode, we're going to look at last weekend's fights, Rafael Fazit versus Rafael Dos Anjos, and this weekend's upcoming fights between Brian Ortega and Yair Rodriguez. Then we're going to talk about Nate Diaz. And I still want to revisit the whole Israel Adesanya thing because to me, like, the way that guy's been getting treated, it's not correct. In my opinion. So we're going to look into that. So without further ado. Let's get into it. First up. The fights last weekend. Rafael Fazee versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Crazy fight man. Honestly. Going into it. The fifth round. I had a 2-2. Because I gave Rafael Dos Anjos the third round. And I for sure gave him the fourth round. A lot of people had it 3-1. Which is fine. But I had it 2-2. I could be wrong, but I gave Rafael's rounds three and four, and then I gave Fazeev's round one and two. So, Fazeev defeats Rafael Dos Anjos versus KO punches within 20 seconds of the first round. Sayo Barjolo, Borajolo, sorry, Borajolo defeats Armin Petrosian. Taino Magomeda beats Douglas Silva del Andrade, and Chase Sherman beats Jared Vandera, Aliman Zahabi beats Ricky Trucios, 
and Jamie Malarkey beats Michael Johnson. The Jamie Malarkey versus Michael Johnson fight was crazy. Also, Cody Bundage defeats Trayshawn Gore. That was a crazy fight too. And Courtney Casey lost to Antonina Shevchenko. That was a crazy fight. It was a split decision too. I came in late for that fight. I think they were ready in the second round. That was actually the first fight of the whole night that I saw. So I missed the ones before that. That's not true because I, I did see David Onmana defeat Garrett Armfield. I did see that fight. So that is not true. On Alma. That's his name on Alma. David on Alma. I saw all of those fights. But let's get into this main card. Jamie Malarkey versus Michael Johnson. Crazy fight. Both got hurt. Jamie pulls it out. Zahabi beats Ricky. Crazy fight. Chase Sherman defeats Jared Vandier. That was also a crazy fight because they were going back and forth. Saeed Nurmagomedov. Okay. Let me tell you. Is this guy ranked? This guy better be ranked. If he's not ranked, I'm going to be upset. Let's go see if he's ranked. If he's not ranked, his manager, Danny Rubinstein, should yell at somebody. Because this guy deserves to be ranked, man. He's not ranked. Danny Rubenstein, go yell at somebody, bro. Please. How How is this guy not ranked? I guarantee you, this guy could take out. I would say number 15, but that's my boy Adrian Yanez. I love Adrian Yanez, man. Have him fight Jack Shore next. Like, this guy should be ranked. The question becomes, because I know he doesn't train with Khabib and none of them, but he has tremendous respect for them. Would he fight someone like Umar? Like, would he? I don't know. I just want to see these guys succeed, man, because they got talent, and I want to see them succeed. Okay, let's move on. Kyle Boralojo, that guy's the truth. I want to see what he does next. I don't think he's going to be ranked either, but that guy's the man, bro. Okay, Rafael Fazib, I mean, Rafael Fazib versus Rafael Dos Anjos. What a crazy fight. Like I said, going into the fifth, I had it 2-2. A lot of people are going to be like, you're crazy. It was 3-1. They're saying the judges had it 3-1 going into the fifth. And, like, it looked like, in my opinion, Fazib was getting gassed. And, like, um, his coach, Rafael's coach, was telling him, you need, you need to start pouring it on him. He's training at Unio Buñal, I believe it's called, with Andre Pereneres and Jose Aldo and all those guys. So he's moved back to Brazil to train in Brazil. He used to live right here in Orange County, and he used to train with um, the guy that runs Ruka. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? I'm going to remember. Jason Perillo. And so he used to train at King's MMA in Huntington Beach. And then he went, I think that's Newport Beach where Ruka is located. It's also Orange County with Jason Perillo. I think I want to say, I'll tell you right now where it is. It's in Costa Mesa. Yeah, in Costa Mesa. So he used to train in Huntington Beach with at King's MMA with Rafael Cordero. And then he went to Costa Mesa for a little bit to train with Jason Perillo. And I guess now he's back in Brazil and he's training with Andre Pedaneris. But yeah, even Andre was telling him, bro, you have to go now. Go now. Now. I need you to go now. Why is it sounding like that? Hold on, guys. He told him, go now. Now. Tell him, I need you to go now. And he tried, but Rafael got caught. And Rafael Fazib moves on. So let's look at the rankings. They should be updated because it's Tuesday. If it's not updated, I'm going to hurt somebody and i'm kidding i'm gonna hurt nobody so rafael fazib was number 10 he's all the way to number seven now so if he were to fight up there's Benil, there's michael chandler uh islam mahashev although i i was on twitter earlier today and they're saying 
Charles Oliveira is going to announce his opponent and location within the next few days. Was, did it say next few days or next few weeks? I don't remember. But that's supposedly they, they already have somebody for Charles Oliveira. Let me see if I can find it. And I'm assuming it's going to be um Islam Mahashev because the only reason I know about this tweet is because I follow Islam's manager, Ali, on Twitter. And, okay, look. Let's go then. That was Ali's response to Aaron Aaron Brunster. He's a Canadian MMA journalist. Um, he put right here translation: Du Bronx Charles Oliveira will have an opponent and location announced in a few days, says coach. So Diego Lima, who is also his coach, is also his manager. So Diego Lima, if he's saying something like that, it's because he knows something. So my money is that they're gonna do Charles versus Islam. On October 22nd in Abu Dhabi. Get ready to get up early for that. So like let's say. Let's say going back to the rankings. Let's say Islam is getting ready to fight Charles. They're out. So number one and number four are out. You have Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier. I'm going to cross off Dustin because I believe Dustin will be Nate Diaz's opponent. I believe Nate and Dustin are going to end up fighting. So I'm going to cross off Dustin. With that left, you have Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler, and Justin Gaethje. And I'm going to go ahead and cross off Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. I mean, yeah, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler because if Dustin doesn't end up fighting Diaz next, he's going to fight Chandler. And Justin's going to go get no surgery. So, wait, let's leave Justin there for a second. Now that I think about it, let's leave him there. So the two viable options, if Rafael wants to fight up, Will be Benil Dariush, which is just one spot, or Justin Gaethje, or or if the UFC plays this smart, because Rafael and Mateusz Gamrod just fought, they could fight each other. They could fight each other if the UFC plays it smart and sells it right. In my opinion, Javkat Ragmanov is number ten. That guy's coming up. These guys better watch out. John Brady is gonna fight Bilal Muhammad. Damn, can you imagine Chef Cat? And then I hear that Jorge Masvidal might fight Gilbert Burns. Can you imagine Chef Cat fighting Stephen Thompson, Vicente Luque? Because I'm pretty sure they're either going to have Hamza wait and try to fight Nate, or they're going to have him wait to be the backup for Leon Edwards and Usman, which are gearing to go on October, I mean October, August 20th. Or they'll have him fight Colby. But I don't know what's going on with Colby. As I heard of Colby, he had some type of brain injury and chipped teeth. That's what I heard. I haven't talked to him. But dude, lightweight is popping right now. Popping. Popping. Okay. Let's move on to this weekend's fights. Okay. The thing to keep in mind is that these fights are starting really early. If you're on the West Coast, I believe the prelims start at 8 a.m. And the main card, it starts at 11. Yeah, 11 a.m. Of, of around three these fights should be over oh jack shore's fighting ricky simone i didn't know that so ricky simone is fighting jack shore dustin jacoby is fighting dan un jong misha tay will rematch lauren murphy they're actually they're not gonna rematch they're actually gonna fight because lauren was supposed to fight on the international fight week pay-per-view but she got covid so they're gonna open up the main card here Shane burgos will fight Charles charlie's Gordian. Match now will fight Saud Madriji. Liji Lang will fight Muslim Sakilho. Michelle Watterson will fight Amanda Lemus. And Brian Rodriguez will fight. I mean, Brian Rodriguez. Brian Ortega will fight. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're Rodriguez. Sorry about that. Okay, here we go. When I look at Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez, I see as one guy that has good striking with a heck of a jiu-jitsu game versus another guy that has excellent striking with okay ground defense. I feel Brian Ortega is good enough to stand with Yair Rodriguez, but if he wants to end this fight fast and early, he tries to take him to the ground as fast as possible. The thing I use to measure why I believe Brian Ortega is the better fighter here is because they both fought Korean Zombie. Brian Ortega destroyed Korean Zombie. I know what a lot of people are going to tell me. He's like, well, MMA math doesn't work, which is true. It doesn't. But looking at those two fights, Brian Ortega destroyed Korean Zombie. Like, he outclassed them. With Yair Rodriguez, it was a war that Yair ended up winning with a last second. For one, Zombie went in super sloppy and left himself open because of fatigue, I would imagine. And Brian, like, so I believe if Brian keeps it standing, he could win in the stand-up game. But if he wants to win fast and easy, take him to the ground and choke him out, in my opinion. Although Yair's no slouch, I believe he's either a blue belt or a purple belt under Victor Davila out of Planet El Paso, Texas. Quote unquote, another extension of MMA Kings, but he trains in Mexico. I just know he's probably a blue belt or a purple belt under Victor Davila from 10th Planet. Michelle Watterson versus Amanda Lemus. Michelle Watterson says that with Carlos Barza being the champion, it's given the division new life. He probably sees a path to the title. So we'll see what happens, man. I can't wait for this fight. This fight's crazy. Um, She's going to have to be weary of Amanda Lemus' knockout power because if that girl lands, she lands, and she can put anybody's lights out, man. And then my boy, Liji Lang, the leech. I like that guy, man. He's cool. Although I, I do want to see Shane Berger. I want to see this Lauren Murphy-Misha Tate fight because if Misha Tate can pull this off, let's see what ranking Lauren Murphy is. If Misha Tate pulls this off, she takes out the number three girl. That's going to leave her at the very least at number five or number four. And just on name value, they'll give her the Valentina fight. And if Valentina, because Valentina has already said, I want to fight Misha Tate if she beats Lauren Murphy, they'll give it to her. Although this Tyla Santos pick, because it was so close, they might think about giving her a rematch. You like what I said there? Tyla Santos? What? 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 People are going to know what I... At least the person that listens to this will know what I mean by this. So we'll see, man. We shall see. Keep an eye on Misha Tate versus Lauren Murphy. It's a great fight right there. Okay, that does it for the previews and the recaps of the events. What else I got here? I want to talk about Henry Cejudo. You know, him and Sean O'Malley got into it after Sean's fight at UFC 276. He goes, Sean, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then Sean goes, are you ready to go for reals? And then, like, so they went back and forth on Twitter after that. And supposedly Henry reveals that he's not eligible to return until October. Let's see. This this was posted by MMA Junkie about a few hours ago. It says, multiple champions have, multiple former champions have welcomed a fight with Sean O'Malley, but O'Malley isn't buying their challenges. Former UFC Bantamweight champs Peter Yan and Henry Cejudo recently expressed interest in facing O'Malley, but the Sugar Show doesn't think they actually want to fight him. In his biggest test to date on paper, o- O'Malley fight with Pedro Munoz at UFC 276 was ruled a no contest after an accidental eye poke in round 2 rendered Munoz unable to continue, but O'Malley 
is looking to move on and sees both Jan and Cejudo as viable options. Now I'm ranked number 9. The only other little effing weasel on here that doesn't have a fight booked is Peter Jan. O'Malley said on his YouTube channel. He said, hey, Pinkuro, call me out if you win. The UFC didn't give me the mic to be able to do that. I feel like he is just like Henry, dude. All talk. Just on Twitter, you could talk. Henry doesn't want that fight or else we can make it happen. Peter, same thing. So he's practically saying that both these dudes are scared of him. I don't think that's true. O'Malley said that despite not being ranked in the top five, his name value results in a big reward with the win. He points to Marlon Vera as an example who went on to fight former UFC featherweight king Jose Aldo after scoring a stoppage win over O'Malley at UFC 272. At 252, I'm sorry. When Cheeto beat me, I was not ranked and his next fight was Jose Aldo who literally had just fought for the belt, O'Malley said. So beating me is not like just beating some random. You get paid, it's a big fight and I'm a title eliminator fighter. Did he really fight Jose after he beat? I'm gonna go look that up. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm gonna go verify. Oh yeah, he's telling the truth. I wasn't calling you a liar, Sean, but I just wanted to see for myself. So yeah, after he beat Sean O'Malley, they had him fight Jose Aldo. And did Jose really just fight Peter Young before this? Yep, he's telling the truth there too. Hey, Sean's on to something, man. I'm not telling you not to like him, but you have to respect what his name brings and how he was able to come off of the... He's probably still the Contender Series' biggest star, other than Marina Rodriguez. Because other than that... I know Valentina Shevchenko was on, not Valentina, her, her brother Antonina Shevchenko, her sister Antonina Shevchenko was on it, but she's had her up and down, but like the two megastars to come out of that series are probably Sean O'Malley and he was on the first season of the contender series it's the hair man, it's the hair and he's able to promote himself and it sucks that because of all the false positives that he lost he lost a bunch of sponsorships on gaming and stuff like that i do feel bad for him let's see what else we can find on henry cejudo but yeah so henry's supposedly coming back in october who do you guys think he's gonna fight um i mean because he's doing more as a coach because look rashad evans commends john jones for leaving the jackson wing gym and training with henry Cejudo. sometimes you could be a big fish in a small pond Rashad Evans has praised his former rival John Jones for training with Henry Cejudo after leaving Jackson Winks last year. After it was announced in late 2021 that John Jones would receive a ban from Jackson Winks MMA, many wondered what direction he opted to go to next. While he hasn't been in the octagon since then, Bones has certainly been busy as he continues to build his body in preparation for a move up to heavyweight. He's also done a spot of training with Henry Cejudo, a man known for coaching fighters. He believes he can help regardless of their weight class. Rashad Evans, who had a bitter rivalry with Jones back in the day, actually supported the move when taking part in some punitary work this past weekend. Punitary, punitary work. I do like him training with Triple C and I like it because he's in a new environment and he's being challenged with new activities. Evan said, Iri Prochatka out there. Iri Prochatka is out there and a couple of different training partners. He's even trained with some high level Olympic wrestlers, which is actually going to bring his wrestling to another level. Yeah, so I know I went into this looking for Henry, but I did hear that he's going to be back by October. Or he's eligible to fight by October. So not so long. Not too long. So we'll see what happens. 
But when Henry does come back, I believe it's going to be either a title shot or a fight with Peter Young. Because I don't think they'll give him Alex Volkanovsky because I'm telling you the UFC has to like protect Volkanovsky in the sense that if you're gonna if he's gonna go up for lightweight, you want him to be the featherweight champion to have another champ champ on your hands. And he could be the best champ champ out of all of them. Out of the males, because if, if I start saying what I'm gonna say, people are gonna get mad. Because he could be the first champ champ in the male of the males to defend both belts. People are gonna say DC did it, but DC got reinstated as champion because he lost to Jones, got reinstated, defended against Vulcan Ozdemir, and then in the summer of that year beat Stipe for the heavyweight belt, which made him champ champ. And then he hadn't vacated it yet, but then he went on and defeated Derek Lewis in that same year. So technically he defended both belts in one year. But come on, man. If this guy could really defend both belts the way he's talking, GOAT status. I know I already said that last week, but I truly do believe this. So we'll see what happens. Now, if what happens, like I said, that Henry, I mean, Volkanovski fights, I was going to say Calvin Cater, but Josh Emmett beats him, and then he fights the winner or whoever's lightweight champion. Because I do believe they're going to crown a lightweight champion before if they, before they give Alex the fight. They're not going to have him take part in the vacant title fight because they want to give cred. Because... They can sell something when somebody's champion other than, oh, he's coming in for the vacant belt. Like, I believe that's what hurt Henry at the time. Because who was champion of the Bantamweights? And then they had to, they vacated it. Because when Henry got it, it's because, oh, it's because it was that TJ thing. So he had beat TJ at Flyweight. And then the next, I believe what they were trying to do was TJ versus Henry at Bantamweight. But then that whole... TJ thing happened, so they went with Marlon Vera, so that's what happened there. So I do believe if Volk gets, he's going to fight one more time at featherweight before going up to lightweight. I believe, I don't know if that's true, but that's a smart move PR-wise. Because if he goes in and he defends the belt one more time, and then you have him move up, you can sell that fight 10 times more. And that's another thing, right? Because the UFC is having a hard time selling fights. Let's see, UFC pay-per-view buys down i don't know how true this is that's why we're gonna look at it together it says ufc pay-per-view buys down in 2022 company company facing major challenges ufc pay-per-views take a hit ufc is not doing a great business in 2022 according to recent reports with half of 2022 almost behind us latest reports suggest ufc haven't had a very good year so far ufc pay-per-views are not doing good in 2022 UFC ESPN Plus down due to low pay-per-view buys in recent reports by Disney ESPN Plus has recorded low results owing to a decrease in average of pay-per-view buys. Oh, oops. UFC has seen some incredible cards this year with the likes of Francis Ngannou, Justin Gaethje, Marco, Michael Chandler, and Israel Adesanya. Among others, their presence felt inside the uh, octagon. While pay-per-view buys have been down, there's good news for UFC as subscribers have gone up. With Conor McGregor performing twice last year, it's safe to say that the numbers might not hold competition with UFC's 2021 buys. There's still a good more than six months left in 2022 with John Jones, Israel Adesanya, Nate Diaz, and Justin Poirier, among others, set to fight this year. The pay-per-view buys should see a major boost. Who do you think will emerge as the UFC's fighter with the most pay-per-view buys on his name this year? Yeah, you want to know why? 
I was watching, it was like a real thing. I don't know if I can find an actual article. But do you guys want to know why the pay-per-views are down? For one, you want people to spend almost 70, you want them to spend almost $75. Two, you're not, you're going to get the hardcore fans. Like, how can I explain? Like, let's look at the, the fight card in June. Let's look at the fight card in June. That was Iri Prochaska versus Glover Teixeira. You're not going to get hardcore fans to buy that. You're just not. With the price tag you're putting on them. This is why I'm saying I'm wondering how much this PFL pay-per-view is going to cost us in the fall. Like, Because I have a feeling that's going to tank. There's no disrespect to ESPN or PFL. I'm just saying. if the U- Now, if they're comparing it to 2021, of course they're not. Of course. Of course you're not going to get those numbers because Conor McGregor's not fighting. Nobody's going to get those numbers. Like, come on. But maybe if you were to put it down, I don't know, maybe back to something reasonable. Like, I can't believe I'm going to say $65 is reasonable because it's not. Maybe if you were to lower it a little bit, maybe you get more pay-per-view buys. Maybe. Did you ever think about that? Did you, UFC? Did you ever think about that? You guys are lying to me if you're telling me you did because I know all you guys want in Disney are money. And I'm not talking smack. I'm just saying I understand it's a business. I do understand that yes i do but maybe if you didn't make it so dang expensive more people would buy it you ever think about that and then the other thing is like (laughs) the problem is how can i say this like a lot of their big stars either have underwhelmingly performed or have lost like quote an example case in point jorge masvidal he's one of their bigger stars he just lost israel adesanya a lot of people are giving him Black because of the way he performed against Jerry Kennedy, which I don't understand why. That was a great performance, Israel. Great performance. But you need Nick. You need Nate. You need Connor. Because apparently ju- even Justin Gage is not cutting it. So I don't know, man. So we talked about Israel. I still believe that was probably his best performance to date. He, did he not? He didn't stop him, but he didn't get hit. His next fight's going to be crazy, though. Last thing, and then we're out of here. We're going to talk about one of my favorite people in all of MMA, Nathan Diaz. He went on the MMA Hour today, a special edition of the MMA Hour today. Talked to Ariel for a little bit, so let's get into it. So to start things off, Nate goes, he said what we all already know. He wants to be out of the UFC. He wants to be out of the UFC. He wants just to go and try his own thing. What I did find interesting, he goes, they're offering me more money than any guy fighting right now. I don't know if that's true, but let's say they are. He's honestly to him, it's not about the money anymore like it used to be. Because in the past, he has said, "He's like, I, I want the biggest paycheck. I want to fight the baddest people." Like it's not about the money. Like I guess for him now, it's can I go and make it on my own? Am I a big star like I think I am? And the UFC says I am, but they don't treat me that way. If I go out on my own, can I do it? Can I do it? Like, that's what I was understanding with this whole interview, you know? So he says that the UFC is offering him loads amount of money, but that he doesn't care about money at this point. He just wants out of his contract, which, in all fairness, if that's what he wants, that's what he should get. If you want out of your contract and he's trying to fight out of his contract, if he's trying to fight out of his contract, let him fight out of his contract. Like, at this point, who is anybody to um not let Nate do that, you know? I'm just looking for something that's why I was speaking kind of slow. But anyway, so Nate says, I just want out of this contract. Let him out. Let him out. He says he's willing to fight anybody. He said, give me the guy in the last place. 
So in Nate's mind, in Nate's mind, let's say, let's say it's going to be at 170. He's ready to fight Michelle Pihera if he has to. Pihera. He'll fight Lee Ji Lang. He'll fight Jeff Neal. He'll fight Neil Magny. He'll fight Michael Kiesa. He'll fight Shavkat Ragmato. I think he'll even fight Danny Rodriguez. Or he'll fight Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker. He said he would be willing to fight Conor McGregor, but his leg's broken and he wants to fight now. Like, he's trying to fight on July 30th. He's trying to fight in August. He's trying to fight ASAP. So he says it's not about the money. He just wants out to go see if he could box or be a, a boxing champion or a jiu-jitsu champion. You know what's interesting? He also said he'll go and fight Gordon Ryan in jiu-jitsu. I was like, dang, bro. That's pretty hard. Gordon Ryan's good, man. So, I don't believe this will be the last time we'll see Nate. I'm not saying he's not going to leave, but he says, he'll say, he's like, I'm not opposed to coming back. I just want Al to go see what else I can do. That's all he wants. He just want, he wants to do what Rampage is, see if the grass is greener on the other side. You know? So, why can't he do that? Now, I know from the UFC's perspective is that Nate Diaz is a mega star. And if he's going to make somebody money, he wants them to be making him money. Them money, I said him. Them. Because whatever Nate does, you're going to watch. I don't care that you guys say he sucks and all of this. Because whatever he does, you're going to watch. Don't tell me you're not because we all know you are. Right? Like, everybody that listens to MMA content, you either love Nate or you hate him. But it doesn't change the fact that you're not going to watch him, right? Right? Like, you're going to watch him? You'll watch him, right? And he even said, he's like, no disrespect to the UFC, no disrespect to the fighter. The UFC has the best fighters. I just want to see what else I can do, whether it be boxing or jiu-jitsu, something, you know, kickboxing. Like, he just wants to go and do something else. So for his last fight, <laughs> this is what I want to see. I don't want to see him fight Hamza. I don't. Like, you can give Hamza the next title shot after if Kamar Usman beats Leon Edwards. What you do is you give him Jorge Masvidal and they rematch for the BMF belt. Especially if these pay-per-view buys are down, this July 30th, 20th, 30th, whatever it is, it's not going to sell very well. It's not. You have Amanda Nunes headlining with Juliana Pena, and then you have Kai Kara friends fighting Brandon Moreno for the interim flyweight belt. This card's not going to sell very well. You want it to sell well, you put Jorge Masvidal versus Nathan Diaz for the BMF belt, and then... I don't, I can't guarantee you it's going to sell a lot better, but it'll sell better than what it was going to sell without them. But that's all my opinion. And I do believe we'll see Nate back in the octagon. Well, he's, he's in his mid to late thirties. I want to say it said he was 36. He's 37. So I don't know if, if we'll see Nate back in the octagon after this. Cause they even said that they want Nate to retire. And they goes like, well, I can't do that. Cause I'm never going to retire. He also says that he's never going to retire. Look. MMA fighting. Nate Diaz is willing to fight anyone the UFC wants to com- The UFC wants to complete his current contract and take on other challenges in combat sports. But he said every time he requests a fight, he's met with an offer for a new contract that will extend an octagon career. He wants pause. See, he never says, like, I don't want to fight here anymore. He just wants to go do something. I was trying to get the- this on the road, but they don't want me out of my contract, and they're keeping me... There, and they're holding me hostage, Diaz said, Tuesday during a special edition of the MMA Hour. And I want out. That's my main objective here. Diaz confirmed that he has one fight remaining on his current contract. The only fight he's been offered, however, has been a fight with Hamza Chimaev at UFC 276. One, he said the welterweight star turned down. He said 
He has requested bouts with Vicente Luque, Tony Ferguson, and several others no avail. To no avail. The fight UFC wants to make Diaz believes is a trilogy with his longtime rival and two-time opponent Conor McGregor who remains on the man from a broken leg suffered at UFC 264 until he agreed. agrees. He believes the promotion is holding him under contract as leverage. They don't want to let me out of my contract, he said. They want me to fight Conor. I'm not fighting Conor McGregor right now. Our timelines are mentioning him. You bring yourself back to life and I'll be back later. You see, he's saying, I'll probably come back to the UFC. Because he's even said in the interview, he's like, I'll probably sign another contract in a few months. Who knows? Just let me go see what else is out there. He's not saying the UFC. So he's, he gave them a bunch of compliments. So Dana Hunter let him out. It goes on to say, Diaz did not offer any new details on his current contract during the interview on Tuesday, such as the term of his current contract or whether it has been extended as the UFC typically does when fighters turn down bouts. So that's what I'm talking about. So if I was under contract with the UFC, let's see, I'm a mega star, but I went out like Nate. What happens is they'll go, all right, by Hamza. And I go, no, I'm not going to fight him. All right, you don't want to fight him? Contract extension, six months. So let's say my, my deal was supposed to be up in a year. So now it's, it's up in a year and six months. They'll never let it get to a year, by the way. The only way out of your contract, the way these UFC contracts are structured, from my understanding, is to fight out all your fights. And if you're a big star like Nate and Nick and Jorge, it's very hard. The thing he repeatedly stresses is that he's not interested in taking more money to remain with the UFC at this point. While he is not opposed to returning in the future, he wants to explore other avenues like boxing, jiu-jitsu, and fight promotion. Jake Paul, Dustin Poirier, Kevin Holland, all potential opponents who've lobbied to fight him were just a few of the options Diaz agreed to. In the case of Paul, who offered to fight Diaz for free in the UFC in exchange for pay consensus to rank and file fighters, Diaz was skeptical about the fight materializing but added, if it gets me out of my contract, let's do this. So yeah, Nate at this point just wants out. He has, from my understanding, like, he's like, dude, just let me out. I don't hate you guys. You guys are doing your thing. Just let me out. But that's all I got for you guys. Let me know what you think about the Diaz situation. Um, I wonder if Nick will come back and fight anytime soon. I just wonder. But thanks for listening, guys. Remember, follow me on Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Deuces, guys. Peace.